want you to listen very carefully and very closely to the sentence with which I open this morning's teachings because it is fundamental to who we are and our relationship to God. Our power to make moral judgments to choose may well be the singular distinctive trait that makes us most human and yet most vulnerable. The power that you and I have to make moral choices may well be the singular trait that makes us most human and yet most vulnerable. It has been said that the hardest choices that we're going to face in life is not the choice between good and bad, but the choice between good and best. The devil is a very patient creature. He has experience. He's been around, according to biblical accounting, over 9,000 years. And he has the art of temptation down pat. He doesn't always come in and try to make us completely go across the line and break God's commandments. He's patient. He likes to get us to push the envelope as far as we can. He likes to excite us with the idea of being close to danger without going across the line. But the more we give in to that type of action, the closer we get to crossing the line, he's patient, he'll wait. We'll cross that line. And so one of the things that we have to look at very carefully is how well we attend to our faithfulness to God's call on our life. As we begin this holy season of Lent, we are being asked to consider our choice as to whether or not we will follow Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. This power to choose goes all the way back to the beginning of time. You heard the story recounting for, recounted for you this morning from the book of Genesis. The story clearly reveals that the choice to cross over the line and to allow our human frailty 
to reject God's call on our life was the choice of the first couple. The serpent did not make the choice. Adam and Eve made the choice. The serpent provided the opportunity, the temptation. But it was Adam's sin and Eve's sin and yes, our sin as collateral damage. This morning, the church on this first Sunday of Advent, first Sunday of Lent, presents a contrast to us of these two great events in history. And she asks us to look at them and to see the similarities and the differences. And actually, she is asking us to look at three different temptation events. The third, I will mention to you momentarily. But right now, we want to look on these two temptation events. That of Adam and Eve and that of Jesus Christ. The temptation of Adam and Eve opens the Old Testament. The temptation of Jesus in the desert opens the New Testament for it is the beginning of Jesus' public life. The first account takes place in a garden. The second account takes place in a desert. The first account centers on a fruitful tree. The second account centers on a wilderness with nothing but sand and dunes and rocks as far as the eye can see. The first account ends in defeat. The second account ends in victory. The account of the devil's three attempts to get Jesus to sin against the Father are all very familiar to us. And they have been refreshed in your mind through the reading today. We know the three temptations of him coming to Jesus and asking him to turn the stones into bread, throwing himself down from the temple and tempting the hand of God to be forced to come to his rescue, and finally acknowledging him and paying him some respect as the creature who he is. All temptations meant to get Jesus to sin against his father and to choose an easier way to save mankind 
rather than to pay the great price of the sacrifice of his life on the cross. They were all temptations to get Jesus Christ to sin. And in each one of the attempts, Jesus uses his Father's words as recorded in the book of Deuteronomy as a means of deflecting the temptation and staying firm to the will of the Father. Man does not live by bread alone. He must know and be immersed in all of the words that come forth from the Father. Scripture is one of the greatest aids that we have in resisting temptation. It has the power to foil Satan. Throw yourself down from the temple. Force the Father to send his angels to rescue you. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. God alone do we worship and no one else. God alone is worthy of our allegiance and no one else. God alone gave us the gift of life and offers us the gift of salvation. Each one of these words that Jesus used to deflect Satan's temptation was taken from the book of Deuteronomy because Deuteronomy records Israel's great temptation for 40 years in the desert as they tempted God And it was also the template by which they lived their life as the kingdom of Israel, giving in to these weaknesses and becoming slaves, placing themselves in bondage to the nations that surrounded them to Syria, to Egypt, to Babylon, to Persia. But they were not in bondage to those nations. They were in bondage to sin, to Satan, who lured them away from faithfulness to God, They thought their bondage was to these Gentile nations 
But their bondage was to Satan. When Jesus came and began to preach the message of salvation, he did not come to save Israel from the Roman Empire. He came to save them from their mortal enemy who had surrounded them throughout their history. He came to save them from Satan, from sin. They thought they were getting a Messiah who would rise up like the king of Israel, David, and lead them to victory against their perceived enemy, the Roman Empire. And Jesus made it very clear from the beginning of his ministry that he was not that type of Messiah. He came to save them from the real root cause of all of their problems. He came to save them from Satan and from sin. And in the same way, Jesus comes to us as Messiah. We perceive that our problem is in other areas. We preoccupy ourselves with all of the activity that goes around in the culture in which we live. And we ask God to save us from this world that is deteriorating and all of these problems that are arising around the world and they occupy our time and they distract us from the real problem that you and I have and the salvation that you and I need. We don't need to be saved from the deterioration of the world problems around us. We don't need to be saved from the deterioration of the Christian churches who are choosing to get too much involved in the culture and turn their back away from God. We need to be saved from the same situation that Adam and Eve was in. We need to be saved from Satan, from sin, from eternal death. The same situation that the children of Israel were in throughout their entire history. The same situation that the people of Jesus' day were faced with. And it hasn't changed. It's the same situation that you and I are in. We need to be saved from our sinfulness and from our weakness in not being able to make the right choices, but choosing too easily to slip into the court of Satan. You're going to be given an opportunity as we begin this season of Lent to zero in on the problems that you face in life and to acknowledge them for what they are, not for how they mask, but who is behind these things that pull you in different directions. And you're going to be asked to choose 
practical ways in which you can strengthen yourself to resist the pull of Satan. And if you do that, Easter Sunday morning as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, his victory over Satan, his victory over the world, his victory over sin, then you will rise to a new life. There's so many opportunities here at St. Paul in Bible studies, in small groups, in special workshops that we bring out, in special ministries that give you an opportunity to serve God through serving your fellow man. If you don't put time into these areas and help to prepare yourself to make the right choice every day of your life, then you're missing the opportunity as surely as Israel missed it, as surely as Adam and Eve missed it as surely as anyone who allows themselves to be distracted from the reality of who our enemy is. The whole message today is that Satan is your enemy. Acknowledge that reality and use the measures that God offers you to resist using God's plan. We all have the power to make moral choices. And that is the singular distinctive trait that makes us most human, most in need of a Savior, most vulnerable. Come, Lord Jesus, save your people. Amen.